Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. He grew up in the Bayview-Hunters Point section of San Francisco. He played Division I college football at San Jose State University. He worked as a union plumber and pipe fitter. He ultimately graduated with honors from UC Berkeley. He served as a juror on five criminal cases before becoming a lawyer. He sits on the local executive board of the NAACP. He currently serves as an Alameda County Deputy District Attorney and is running to be the next elected district attorney of Alameda County. Jimmy Wilson, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Oh, thank you, Lewis. Happy to be here. I've always enjoyed talking to you. I recall many times sitting down and pre-trying cases in uh, the old Department 501 in Hayward, and it was always fun talking to you. You also. And it was always good getting a little plumbing advice from you. Yeah, you know, I, I give advice out to a lot of people. It, you know, I think once a plumber, always a plumber. I mean, my wife even wants me to do plumbing around the house, which I tell her I'm getting too old and my skills are starting to diminish and I don't <laughs> think I could do it anymore. She's not buying it, though. I usually have to do it anyway. Where are you working right now? I'm working out of Dublin, the South County. And what's your assignment right this minute? Well, my assignment is I've just transitioned from doing uh, gang uh, crimes to now I'm back doing preliminary hearings. How long have you been in the district attorney's office? Around 16 years. Wow. Where are you from originally? I grew up in San Francisco, like you in the introduction. I grew up in the Bay. I lived there. I mean, I I lived in the Sunnydale area from the ages of about one to about six years old, the Sunnydale Projects, and then I moved to Bayview Harvest Point, and I lived there until I was like 18 years old and went off to college. Where'd you go to high school? Balboa High School. What was that experience like for you? You know, it... When you're in it, you don't realize the level of education you're receiving. I I mean, even if I go back to when I was in what we used to call junior high school and elementary school, my to say that school was challenging would be an understatement. I realized when I got to college that growing up in a in a underprivileged inner city school doesn't really prepare you for the real world scholastically. So I I knew when I got out of Balboa that I had to kind of reinvent myself and kind of reestablish myself educationally. So it it was a challenge. It really was. It was a challenge going to college. It was a challenge, you know, trying to support yourself as a challenge, trying to Find yourself in the world. It's sometimes I, I tell people that, especially when I'm talking to young people, that I look at myself now and I wonder, like, who was that kid back there in the, you know, in the 60s and 70s who had holes in his shoes and his pants and was, you know, fighting and struggling just to survive. Did you graduate from high school and then go directly to college or did you do anything in between? 
Well, I was a football player, so when I graduated from Balboa, I went to College Marin for a year and a half and played football at College of Marin. I was most valuable player on my team. And then from College of Marin, I went to San Jose State. And I was at San Jose State for two years. And I injured my back and uh, realized that my football career had come to an end and I needed to go out in the real world and get a job. And I think that's what led me into plumbing. Just out of curiosity, what position did you play? I was a wide receiver tight end. Now, you graduated from San Jose State, and you then immediately went into the into the, the plumbing world? No, I didn't graduate from San Jose State. I took a leave of absence. And actually, it's, it's a long story, but I thought I was going to work for six months. And I ended up becoming a plumber at that point. And I was a plumber for 16 years. And you were in the union? I was a local 38 union plumber. Five-year apprenticeship. When did you start thinking about becoming a lawyer? I served on five juries. Everything from drug possession to my final uh, case I sat on was a murder trial, a co-defendant murder trial. And I, I mean, I had never seen a lawyer other than on TV. I'd never been in a courtroom. I knew nothing about the criminal justice system. And as I was sitting there on my fifth trial and I was watching these three experienced lawyers, the two defense attorneys and the prosecutor, I came to the realization that it was something that I could do. And it's something that I could work towards if that's what I really wanted to do. And that's it, it, it took away just being a juror, took away the mystique of the law. I was like, wow, I think I could do that. So what did you need to do in order to go to law school? I, so I was already going to school at night. I was working on getting my contractor's license. I was going to open my own company. And I started to think, oh, maybe that's not what I want to do. I, I started thinking about the law. And I applied to UC Berkeley, and uh, I, I ended up getting a full scholarship and graduating with honors, and I was a legal studies major. What did your friends and family think or say when you told them that you wanted to be a lawyer and you were headed in that direction? Most people were supportive. Most of my friends, it, it, the tragic part about growing up in the Bayview is that a lot of your friends end up in jail or homeless or sometimes, you know, they, they pass away. And the hard part of like, when you go back and you talk to your friends is that it's hard to talk to them about the things that you're going to do when they're the prospects of their lives are, you know, not as great. You want to like, you know, keep your same friends, but you also want them to know that, you know, that there's something else out there. What law school did you apply to and go to? I applied to UC Hastings and got in and I thought it would be great to go to school downtown San Francisco around the, you know, the Civic Center area. So that's where I decided to go. What was your first legal job? It was here. It was here. It was, I was a law clerk. I, it was after my second year. I was, I was a law clerk is when I tried my first case. It was that first, you know, you know how it is, Lewis, you, you try that first case and you do that first closing argument. And I knew I was hooked. I, it, it was amazing. How did you happen to be attracted to the Alameda County DA's office? I applied to three places. I applied to the 
public defender's office in San Francisco. I applied to the Alameda County DA's office and I applied to a firm that did construction law. And I went on the visit to the construction law firm and the visit to the DA's office. And when I went to the DA's office, I knew that's where I needed to be. What do you really like about practicing law? You know, you've been doing it for a while and obviously you have all kinds of potential career moves that you could make, but you've stayed in the DA's office. Why is that? I think it's the people. And when I say the people, I don't just mean prosecutors in my office. I also mean the defense bar. As you know, we have an incredible defense bar. I think it's the public defender's office. I think that there are some good people in our business. I And I love interacting with them. I love talking to them. I love the fact that although we're, we're our work is serious, that we don't take it out on each other, that we treat each other with respect. I, I don't think I'd want to do anything else. Would you recommend the law to a young person thinking about a career choice? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, as you know, Louis, it's hard work. It's, it's late nights. It's, it's weekends sometimes, especially if you're in trial. It, it takes a, a lot of stamina. It takes a lot of intelligence, a lot of perseverance, but I think it's worth it. I think whether you're on the defense side or on the prosecution side, or if you're doing civil work or you're doing some other kind of work, you're always working to help other people. You're always doing something to benefit others. And it's it's never about you. It's always about the case. And I love that part of it. I love the fact that it's funny because I never thought I could do public speaking. I never thought that I would feel comfortable in front of a jury. And I and I realized early on that I was comfortable because I wasn't talking about myself. I was talking about whatever case I was trying. How is actually practicing met or different from your expectations? I mean, I I don't think I really came into this business with any expectations of what it was going to be like. I knew it wasn't Perry Mason. I knew it was difficult. I I all the things I talked about, I knew it was hard work. I mean, the, the times away from your family, as you know, Lewis, it's like those are the hard parts. You know, those are the difficult times. So I knew it was going to be hard work. I. I think that what I tell young people, especially when I'm like going to like a a junior college or a high school to talk to people, and I tell you, if you really want to be a lawyer, you got to really want to do things when no one else is watching. You got to put in the work when you're by yourself. That's the most difficult part of this job. And I knew that it's it's no different than than when you're studying anything. You just have to put in the work. Yeah, there is sort of a lonely aspect to it, a uh, student-like aspect to it, uh, always, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. You currently are running for district attorney. When did you start thinking about that as a career move? And have you always wanted to be an elected official as opposed to someone working for the government? Well, it, I, I can honestly tell you, really seriously start thinking about it in 2019. As soon as I realized this was something I wanted to do, I went to my boss, Nancy O'Malley, because I, I believe that when you're going, when you're even thinking about doing something or contemplating doing something, you have to be honest with someone and tell them what you're thinking and tell them why you're doing it. And that's what I did. I went to her and I told her this is something that I want to do. 
and I think the reason why I want to do it is it has a lot to do with my background. It has a lot to do with the way I see the criminal justice system. I grew up poor. I grew up in a neighborhood where most of my neighbors were poor. And as you know, Lou, the, the most we see a lot in our jobs, defendants who are indigent, you know, who have problems like drug problems or other kind of problems or mental illness. And those are kind of the people I grew up with. And I've always thought that, and I've looked around the country and I looked at all these DAs and I didn't see one person that had my background and my experience who actually had seen the law from its foundation, had seen the, the floor, had seen people at their worst. And I thought that I could bring a unique perspective to the law. I think in some ways you're really talking about a national consciousness around prosecution that there's been a move to get people with more progressive thinking into elected district attorney's positions. Do you see yourself as part of that movement? No, I'm a different kind of progressive. I I don't. What I'm seeing when I look around the country is I see some progressive prosecutors who are ignoring serious violent crime. And I don't think you can do that. I, I don't think you can ignore any type of crime at all. I think you have to hold people accountable. But holding people accountable, that doesn't mean you're sending people to prison. How is your campaign going? And what do you what do you think of campaigning and raising money and going oh, out there hard. and putting yourself out there? It's hard. It's it's really difficult because it doesn't come natural to me. It's I mean, you you know, Lewis, asking people for money is like it's hard. Do you have a thirty second elevator speech? Well, a couple of my friends said I should and I I always tell them I don't want to sound like a politician. That's the difference between myself and my opponent and anyone else that is running for this job. I, if anyone talks to me, they're going to get the truth. They're going to get honesty. It, it, I think, as you know, Lewis, the, the one thing that if you talk to people who know me, they will tell you I'm a nice guy who they usually trust. And I try to keep that trust. And one way of keeping that trust is always being yourself. You mentioned an opponent. Yes. Who do you anticipate your opponent is going to be? I'm not sure now. I, I know Pamela Price has announced that she's running. I don't know what Nancy is doing. And I don't know if there will be any other candidates. I, I suspect that there will be at least one more. Do you think the legal system's fair? No, not at all. I, I think I... The, the one thing I noticed when I got here is money trumps everything, and sometimes your skin color can be a detriment, and that's never going to be fair. I think our communities aren't fair. Society isn't fair, but you you have to find a way to counteract that. You have to find a way to address that. One way of addressing that is through leadership. I'm in the process now of working through the NAACP, talking to police officers and talking about community policing and talking about how we can create strategies to reduce the adverse interactions between police and people in the community. One thing that I always sort of wanted to 
do when I was in the district attorney's office was have an exchange program with a public defender's office in another county. I thought it would be a really interesting thing to work as a defense attorney being in the DA's office. And I would assume that people who are in the public defender's office doing defense work would find it interesting to be a prosecutor for a while. And I'm wondering if that's something that if elected, you might be open to. I, I actually, I like that idea. Actually, I, I've never thought about it. I would totally be open to that. It's as I told you, I I, I applied to the the PD's office and to the DA's office. I realized I, I I mean, being a prosecutor is really important, but I also think learning the defense side would be even more valuable. How have issues facing prosecutors changed in the time that? you've been practicing? Well, I would say that there is a negative, kind of a negative slant to being a prosecutor that wasn't there when I started. I, I when I was, when I started, I remember Tom Orlop telling me that we always, we always wear the white hat and no case is more important than justice itself. And I've always followed that. And I don't know when, and I always thought that was the public perception of prosecutors, that that they always wore the white hat, that they always did the right thing. Somehow, I, I don't know how that has changed. And, I, and I'm sure it's because one or two prosecutors out there in the world did something that they shouldn't do. But I've never lost that, that joy and that feeling of, that I had from the very start of being a prosecutor, I've always felt like it's the best job in the world. What's your sense of what the cost of running for a district attorney in Alameda County is? It's, I know it's somewhere in the mid, you know, maybe three, 400,000, somewhere in that area, depending on who runs and depending on what kind of money is brought in. It should never be that high. It should never be that. But I have a feeling that's where it's going to be. Do you think there's any chance of getting some funding from George Soros or some other national organization that's interested in changing the way prosecution is handled on a local basis? I don't know. I, I mean, he was involved, and in, I think he backed Ms. Price in the election against Nancy in 2018, I don't know if he's going to get involved in this race. I, I, I have no idea. Well, money is important in the sense that there's really no way to get your message out without it. And I'm wondering how fundraising has been going for you. It's it's the beginning. It's the start. It, but it's going well. It's, you know, it it's, let's see what it's like in June. Has announcing that you're running for district attorney, possibly against your boss, in any way changed your perception of how you were viewed in the office? Oh, wow. That's, I, I think it's, there's some positives and there's some negatives. I don't think I've changed at all, but maybe the perception of other people may have changed. I always, one of the reasons why, and the biggest reason why I'm doing this is that I love this office and I love the people in this office and I want this office to thrive and survive. And I want every single person in this office to reach their full potential I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. What's your family life been like and how has being a prosecutor affected that? And then how has running for office affected your family life? 
Well, it's, I think it, it goes in phases. When my, my kids were really young, it was difficult because my entire time in the office, 16 years, I think almost 14 of it, I've been in a trial assignment. And, and as you know, Lewis, it, it's, it can be draining on your family, especially when you've tried as many cases as I tried. So that part was really, it was difficult at, at first and especially hard on my wife because she had to pick up a lot of the slack. I think now because our kids are a lot older, it's more manageable. What other sort of things do you like to do? Any travel, recreational pursuits? Yes, I I love to travel. Just before the pandemic, I just been to Costa Rica, I've been to Spain. I mean, I'm I'm a kid from the Bayview. I didn't <laughs> I didn't get my passport until I was like 40. And I'm trying to make up for um, lost time. I love to read. I love old movies. That is like my passion. What keeps you up at night? My, you know, what's going on in our county? You know, what the the high homicide rate that I'm seeing, the, the number of shootings that I'm seeing, the fact that most of these Young people are people of color who are killing each other. If you came into some real money, a few billion dollars, what, if anything, would you do different in your life? I, I mean, I think that the my journey, how I've, how I've got here, I would never change that. I think I would keep that the way it is. But being able to help other people being able to change the lives of people who don't have the same benefits that I have. Like, I I feel lucky to make my way out of my own situation as a child. And I think the only reason why I was able to make it was because my parents were there for me. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, but they kept me straight. And I would love to, if I had money, help other people find their way to make this society better, to educate more kids, to, you know, change the lives of more people. I I feel lucky. I, and I know I'm lucky. Let's say you had a magic wand. It was one thing in the world that you could change in the legal world or otherwise. What would that be? I think it would be the relationship between the police and uh, the black community. Is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't covered? Nothing I can think of, Louis. I just wanted to say that I, I appreciate you reaching out to me to do this. Jimmy Wilson, thank you so much for talking to me today on the Love Thy Lawyer podcast. It's been an honor and a privilege to have this discussion. Louis, anytime, anywhere, you know that I enjoyed this hour. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com, where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks, as always, to my guests who share their wisdom. And to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. You know, uh, Lewis, it's the it's the 
it's the concepts of the law. It's like thinking about what the law is all about when the legalese that is like a mystery to most people when they hear it 